Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoking taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smokin' Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Ryan. To my left is James. And in front of me is Walt Flanagan, who graces with his presence every other week. <laughs> hey, guys. I, I can't do a Walt Flanagan voice. <laughs> What's that joke about? If you could just do the, uh, if you, could just do the, if you the listen laugh. to uh, Tell Him Steve Dave, he always takes like two weeks off. <laughs> and then he comes back, and everybody says how great it is when he comes back. So It is great to have you back. I, yeah, um, I really didn't want to have to set the levels again. Yeah, welcome back, Brad. I'm not very good at producing. Um, we miss the tech guy. Did you? Oh, yeah. Last week. We did. I'm yeah. surprised you didn't make more uh, jokes about like reasons why I was gone. I expected really inflammatory think, things to be said. You, you know, guys were kind of mild. I think in the first epi- uh, version of the podcast we did, but after having to delete it twice, we're and like, start fuck over this. Again, we need Brad. Like, yeah, okay. All right. We That's just want him to come I back. I showed you. Yeah. yeah. So little does Brad know that My he is- My job is secure. <laughs> he will not be fired off this podcast. Many times soon. Now, me, on the other hand, who knows? So, welcome to The Real Nerds. Of course, we see a movie every week. This week, me and James saw Life of Pi. And stay tuned for the review of Life of Pi. Um, If you caught us last week, you know we changed the format a little bit. But one thing I will never change is we are nothing without our fans. And we get really excited for... Fan Mail! Fan Mail! We got a lot of mail this week. Yeah, we did. Wow. So we're, we're popular. 
uh, the first thing I got was from Cora. You remember remember Cora? She's right? still listening. She is. Right. After we tore apart Frank and Weenie. Thanks, Cora. <laughs> um, she said, "Okay, guys, this was movie weekend. I had the chance to see some new releases as well as some others that I wanted to see for a while. First, Breaking Dawn Part Two. Oh no! I know how you feel about this series." This movie was perfect. Granted, it was terrible, but it was great f- fan fodder. The bonus was the dream sequence at the end. Spoilers! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where the movie gave the story the balls Stephanie Meyer never could, but I whoa. was relieved when it was all fake. I'm sure this is going to be the number one movie on all your film explosion lists. Wait, wait, did she just say that at the end of the movie there's a dream sequence where they reveal that all of the story is fake? That'd be sweet. That w- I, oh, I want to see the shit. Except for Billy Burke. What? Like, you know what would yes. be great? Would be great if it was all fake from the part where she's like thrashing about, like oh, my life is yeah. over because of this. And Billy Burke comes in, just like smacks her, and then she <laughs> wakes up and she's and then she's like, oh, it was all a dream, like Bob Newhart, and that'd be great. No, no, no. It just it just ends with Billy Burke waking up in bed and he's sweating and he's panicky and he goes, oh my, I'm so glad I never had a daughter. And then that's <laughs> the end of the movie. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, second was Skyfall. Absolutely great. Daniel Craig is an ideal Bond. But he was well foiled by Javier Bardem, who yeah. is just brilliant and beyond creepy, <laughs> which you have to agree with. He For was sure. No, it was great. I was reading an interview with Sam Mendes, and he was talking about how cool all the action scenes was. But what he was most proud of is what most people were talking about in the movie is the six minute monologue oh, yeah. that he has when he comes down the elevator and starts talking to Bond. Oh, it's so impressive. Man. It is. Um, third is Friends with Kids, in spite of less than positive reviews of this movie. I think James was one who saw it. No, no, no. Your wife saw My it. My wife saw it. None That's of us correct. actually saw it. It was just the Lord. It was just it. depressing. I still have some hope because I love the cast. Adam Scott and John Hamm are two of my favorite TV actors. They are great. But there is no one in this movie that you actually care about. If anything, I felt bad for the kids who were raised by these people. <laughs> I also made, It also made me really terrified to be a parent and a wife, which is scary enough without these characters making it worse. <laughs> um, fourth is Safety Not Guaranteed. This was my favorite movie of the weekend. Bond is great, but oh, this wow. hit me in my love for weird indie movies. Weird indie movies piece of my heart. Nice. Wow. I love the Aubrey Plaza stepped out of her Aubrey Plaza-ness. Mystery Team and Funny People are a few of my other favorites. But the end was perfect and daydream inspiring. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I keep on meaning to see it. I saw a preview for it in front of one of the movies I watched this week. Mm. And so this kind of looks pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Fifth, it was Lincoln. This is the movie that every American should see, period. The Amen. acting was beautiful and a breath of fresh air. Seriously, Daniel Day-Lewis and Tommy Lee Jones were epic. It was nice to see Lee Pace in both his, both this and Breaking Dawn. I've missed them <gasps> since they canceled Pushing Daisies. Have you all watched uh, that? I don't remember. You watch Pushing yeah, Daisies. Yeah, I, I, Pushing I Daisies. loved Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Unfortunately, the two movies, when one, she, he is in Twilight, and in the other, he is a horrible racist. So <laughs> neither of them really filled my Lee Pace bucket as much as, like, you know... Um, what was that Miss Pettigrew movie? Uh, a Day in the Life of Miss Pettigrew, or whatever it was called. If you search for Miss Pettigrew, he's in that. It's great. Probably, he's probably in Downtown Abbey, too. No, he's guy. not in Downtown Abbey. Miss Pettigrew is great. My dad <laughs> called Lincoln a bunch of liberal bullshit. Really? <laughs> yeah. He hasn't wow. seen Just, it, though, so. <laughs> does, he, does he know that Lincoln get, was a Republican? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said as much of a liberal revision, revisionist for you know, history. Oh, Wait, gotcha. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's right because in the real world we didn't actually pass the Thirteenth Amendment. Yeah, I know. No, it was more like because uh, the movie's like so like focused on the slavery part of it. I, I agree, it doesn't focus on the other reasons why the South was pissed off at. 
yeah. the north, but oh, for sure, um, you can't cover that in already what's a two and a half hour movie. Well, and because what they are what they are addressing is just specifically him trying to end slavery. It's the only the only thing he's actually trying to tackle. Um, so there's no reason for them to talk about all of the history behind the Civil War. Um, yeah, that's silly. Yeah. Lastly, this means war. How can you not love fun? Uh, not love fun romp with really hot guys chasing a lady with spy level action and romance. Uh, so much fun, but I would have a hard time picking between Bronson slash Bane and Kirk too. <laughs> um, I I guess do, I, I no. do think Chris Pine's voice is pretty cool. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not actually that. It's it's picking between uh, Kirk two and uh, <laughs> uh, Picard two because because um, oh, what's his name uh, Hardy plays the clone of Captain Picard in Star Trek Nemesis. Those guys are both Star Trek characters. Wow. Hmm. Tied together. Uh-huh. Also, I'm working on finishing Breaking Bad Season 4. I'll check in then, too. Plus, Walking Dead is getting crazy. Really excited for the potential Rick versus the Governor showdown. Ooh. Have a great week, Cora. Of course, yeah. I'm Thank excited, you. too. Um, one of the movies I saw this week, we'll get to in a second, is E.T. And Jeremy Gardner, who is the writer-director and star of The Battery, uh, I put out a tweet that uh, I don't understand why you're afraid of E.T. <laughs> and uh, he he tweeted back, someone I worked with is absolutely terrified of E.T. You could just say, Elliot, and she would freak out. Uh, so you're not alone. Yeah, and it, 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 yeah, another person sent us something else about it. Um, Jen Cap- Caprio <laughs> sent, uh, I always thought it would be funny if someone, oh, wait, that's what I wrote back to her. What she said to me first, something that, Oh, fuck! I just well, dele- I just deleted it. She's really afraid. No, <laughs> she's she's a friend of mine. She's really afraid of midgets. Yeah. And so so uh, I I I she uh, said something about uh, the, being terrified of the Oompa Loompa the Oompa Loompas gang and, and the, um, lollipop, uh, lollipop guild. guild. Yeah. And uh, me and my friend Brandon always thought it'd be funny if someone auditioned on American Idol with a lollipop guild song <laughs> and also did that dance. We represent the lollipop <laughs> guild, the lollipop oh, guild, and she texts back. If the person were a midget, it would not be funny. It would be horrifying. Um, <laughs> Jen, your friend, oh. needs to work out. Her. Yeah, she really does. she's terribly afraid of short people. But you don't understand that because you never were afraid of anything as a kid, were you? No, I'm not like, afraid really, of anything. As much as you watched horror movies, there was never a character no. that like actually scared you? Nope. Wow. I always thought the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man was creepy because he had that, <laughs> that shit-eating, shit-eating grin on his face. Yeah. But then I was like, he's marshmallows. I'd eat them. Especially when he blows up. I'm like, dude, I want to get covered in marshmallow. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I think that more disturbing are the ones where they're not supposed to be scary. When there's just something about it that, like, just rubs you the wrong way. Because that's how it is with E.T. and me. I just Yeah, I, I still don't get We'll talk about it later. Uh, um, Rafael Ruiz, who, uh, of course, is the director of... Uh, Quiet Girl's Guide to Violence. I don't say that movie anymore because I stumble across it. Um, <laughs> he... he he gave us a shout out saying that the battery interview with us was really good. So thanks, thanks Raphael. We appreciate it. And another appearance of Dan from Ohio. Hey, Dan, Dan from Ohio. Dan's welcome back. back. Yeah. Thanks. Ba- uh, welcome back, Dan. Uh, funny. He mentioned about sucker punch. So uh, he said, greetings. I'd like to address and expand on some thoughts that come up in your discussion of sucker punch and blade runner. First, I'll admit that initially I initially misjudged sucker punch as purely an exploitation film. But upon rewatching it, I came to realize that there are some deep themes being explored and that the film is more cerebral than one would assume. Oh, yeah. Once I realized that I was watching a metaphor for a struggle within the mind, i.e., you'll all have the weapons you, you all have the weapons you need, now fight. Right. The film took on a new meaning, in particular the ending, which upon first viewing left me cold, 
was a lot more thematically satisfying upon the understanding that the film wasn't about the external story, but was about the internal struggle within the protagonist. He has a great way of writing stuff. Um, However, I I would not be as enamored with Sucker Punch had I only watched the extended cut. There's some significant differences in in the cuts that decrease my enjoyment of the film. The most noticeable change is the high roller seduction scene at the end. Less is more. And with films of this nature, a degree of ambiguity is good. The theatrical cut does a lot better job with this explanation, with less explanation. Hmm. Um, I'll have to watch it again, and I'll probably watch it with. Uh, there's a Zack Snyder like maximum yeah. movie mode kind of thing on. Where he's going to talk about everything exactly. Yeah. It, it's a good point, and uh, it's it's weird because it's not that I don't like that movie. I appreciate a lot about it. It's just that it never. Um, there's there's so much there that it stumbles a lot. Um, it's just got it's got weird pacing issues. It does. It. I, I still think it's sweet when they're shooting like the Nazis yeah. and all the steam comes out and there's badass shit in that movie. It's yeah, just, I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, I own it so I can always watch it. <laughs> and this brings me to Blade Runner, which is the epitome of extended cuts going awry. <laughs> I believe that I've seen two of the cuts uh, that are out there, and and my opinion, and I am of opinion that additional footage has only served to muddle the film and the whole replicant debate. Hmm. I've been burned by extended cuts so often that I'm coming out firmly against them. It is a rare instance when an extended cut truly enhances a film. I agree. More often than not, they actually hurt it and enjoyment of it. But that's just me. Regards, Dan. Um, sometimes I think you're right. I think um, a lot of times the director, when he puts a film out, you very rarely see uh, the opportunity where um, when the director's cut is better. I will say yeah. extended cuts of Lord of the Rings, I think, are better. Yeah, because um, those are only cut out for time. Exactly, and I think King Kong, okay, Peter Jackson, his extended cut is a lot better. Um, Daredevil. Dare, oh, oh, man, yeah. the director's cut of Daredevil is way better. I think the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven is is so much better. Mostly, I mean, it's got some pacing, pacing issues because there's a lot more drama that's in there, but there's story beats that are completely missing that in the theatrical mm-hmm. version you you don't even understand what's going on again probably point. another one cut for time oh yeah um, oh absolutely i'm pr- i have that movie i'm pretty sure it's three hours and 30 oh, yeah. minutes already it's, yeah it's really long um but yeah you know i tend to agree there is a couple movies that stand out um daredevil is definitely one of them yeah. but also underworld extended cut i think is way better because hmm. it allows the story to breathe more and the um the motivation behind uh I guess he's not the head vampire, but you know the like the yeah bad the guy who, who betrays him, the guy who's in charge while exactly. they're asleep. Yeah, uh, he has a whole new arc that's like twenty minutes longer. Oh wow, where it explains why he's against um, Celine and all the other stuff. So huh. I think it lets it breathe a little bit. Um, I, I feel like anytime there's a comedy one though, they're always pretty much shit. Oh yeah, because because um, usually just keep on going. Yeah, usually it's just that it got cut down because the stuff either wasn't funny or it was yeah. losing the pacing or. Uh, like the Anchorman one, Ugh, I hate that whole sequence. Like on the rainbow and all that garbage, and <laughs> it's just it's unnecessary. You don't like Will Ferrell though, so I don't. I really loved Anchorman though back when Anchorman, it came out. I loved that movie. movie, and then um, I, I'm just saying comedies yeah. like that. They'll they'll add shit back in usually just because they want to get that unrated sticker on there. Yeah, because then people will buy the DVD more. Yeah, and you know. <laughs> Anchorman would have been rated R if they just would have left in. I would never fucking say fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Because <laughs> he says fuck a whole bunch of times. Yeah. So it's great. And I'll also throw out Friday the 13th, 2009 Killer Cut is way better. The story is paced better and the kills are a little more elaborate. But hmm. the story has is different because the, the way they cut it in the theatrical version is they put scenes in different places. Oh, wow. And in the Killer Cut, they actually let the movie play out, which and it makes way more sense. Huh. Because um, in the theatrical cut, she kind of runs away, 
and then Jason shows up and then he goes away for a little bit and then he shows up again in the killer cut he actually the girl he kidnaps comes back and he grabs her and he goes back to his lair I guess before he comes back so there's that's where that time difference doesn't show up in I don't know that I've ever seen a movie where they re-edited it and moved actual scenes around like you moved the the order of sequences oh yeah big time in that movie it's really interesting and the movie's only I think it's another six minutes longer but just moving it just a little bit changes the whole complexity of the movie cool Um, so yeah I mean a lot of times you're right uh, Dan's right though the extended cuts yeah unnecessary Um, I I think they're I really would only buy them if it came with the original cut as well because even with Blade Runner I really like the final cut but I want them all Um, yeah yeah Good question, Dan. Yeah, awesome. So, hey, again, you can tweet us at real underscore nerds, email us realnerds at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, leave us a message there. You can call us 720-6nerds5, and we will always play your message on the air. We'll read whatever you say on the air. You can tell us we suck donkey dick. We will read it on the air. And And then we will suck donkey dick. No, 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 no. Whoa, James will suck donkey dick. I will watch and film it, and then I'll call it Jackass 4 Donkey (laughs) Dick Edition. Every week we have a donkey standing in the middle of the room. Tied to just waiting to get its dick sucked. sucked I, I don't think as you've soon ever as seen. Someone tells us to do it. James is going to do it. <laughs> I don't think so, you've ever seen an actual jackass for the film. That's not what happens in those movies. Yeah, huh? Ryan Nundring's uh, horse. That's semen. a horse, not a donkey. Same, basically, same thing. <laughs> um, apparently, I'm not. James doing is a connoisseur of, <laughs> of equine semen. Yeah, I, I know a lot about <laughs> horses. I don't think I've. <laughs> ever heard the phrase equine semen that's now the second time we've talked about bestiality on the podcast and hey could be more about, one, about, about once a year we also got some shout outs for denver comic-con did you know tickets go on sale today today at noon the vip tickets are going really fast i was told yeah um but dude early bird special three days 45 bucks are you yeah. kidding me yeah go it's totally on. worth it Run, don't walk. Get those tickets right And if now. you want to meet Stan Lee, the only way you can guarantee to meet him is by getting the VIP tickets. Yeah. And they have two different levels. There's bronze and gold. And then the, the Stan Lee packages, the ones that will guarantee you meeting him, will get sold later. They'll be on top of the, exactly. the current tickets they're selling. So go Denver Comic-Con. Yeah. So you want to get your tickets now, and then later sign up for Stan Lee. Absolutely. So here's... A <laughs> I think Brad just almost vomited over there. Um, so here's the new part of the show that Brad loves the most. Stuff we've been watching. Yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I like this part. Me too. So this week was really cool. I went to um, Best Buy. I I don't really go to Best Buy anymore because I have Amazon Prime and Best Buy is a ripoff. But who cares? Best Buy is like, we're looking for a new podcast to sponsor. What's this, Real Nerds? What? Fuck them. (laughs) But I do deliveries for my job every once in a while, so I get cash tips. Yeah. And I was given 30 bucks. I was like, fuck it. I want to get a new movie. I'll go to Best Buy. While I was there, E.T. was eleven ninety nine on wow. Blu-ray, so I got it. And they also have a section now where it's buy one Blu-ray, get one free. 21 what? Jump Street was fourteen ninety nine, and I got the artist for free. Oh, no wow. way. So, uh, But I, I checked for you guys. Don't worry. It goes until January. They're, oh, it's man. called the Save Station. So, yeah, she go. So, um, I was just in, the, in there today. I didn't see anything like that. What's going on? What? Did you, which one did you go to? <laughs> Were you listening? <laughs> the Belmar one? <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, the one in Denver West. Like, literally, you there's go to a the. a certain section where there's this, like, bundled DVDs. Uh, it's not no, bundled. You can bundled. pick them, though. Yeah. Um, I pick those two movies. I mean, they have, like,. 20 of them they're probably all the ones that used to be like 7.99 and now they're or there would have been 7.99 and now they're they're 11 something and you get two of them you get one free for buying the other one 
See, no, there's a uh, there's a section in it, and they have just a bunch of Blu-rays. Yeah. And you, uh, if you pick one, you can pick another one, and obviously the cheaper one's free. Yeah. But right now, um, the artist and Twenty One Jump Street are marked down ten dollars, so they're not twenty four ninety nine. They're oh. fourteen ninety nine right now. I see. So yeah. So the first well, movie I watched was E.T. And man, that movie's great. Uh, I respect it. Yes. Um, and Brad, you're right. Earlier, the um, the transfer is stunning. Yeah, isn't it? Oh man, it looks like it was shot yesterday. Mm. And I didn't know that little Henry Thomas kid had freckles <laughs> until I was, <laughs> I was watching the movie. But man, there's such an innocence to that movie, and I, I, I watching it, I don't get what's terrifying about it at all. Well, I just um, think he's creepy as fuck. I, I guess when his hands are always like, you know, coming around the corner or something, I don't know. It, it mostly is just that Steven Spielberg is really good at building tension, and especially that whole opening sequence where, I mean, the truth is you're supposed to be afraid of the man with the keys, who is still one of the best developed villains. But he's not really a villain, though. Well, but in that in that opening scene, and he sort of is. I mean, he's hunting down E.T., and he's going to separate Elliot from his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why... You know, he's building the tension there to make you afraid of the man with the keys. Yeah. But when I was six or seven years old, I didn't understand. I just knew so. Like, are you afraid of ET shit, or keys? No, I'm afraid of I'm afraid of ET. But I'm saying I think he builds the tension there so well that I was more afraid of. I was afraid and didn't necessarily know why. And then, of course, there's that sequence where he's throwing the baseball into mm-hmm. the thing, and the baseball comes back, and it's just creepy. Really, me. the baseball oh, doesn't yeah. come back; it just rolls back out. Well, that's, that's what I said. I know. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't like try to beam Elliot in the head. I know, but I mean the fact that it rolls back <laughs> out like that. There's somebody in there, but you know it's a cute little alien, and that his He's other not cute and his little alien buddies are waiting for him to the last second. They come back, and then the bad guys come, and he doesn't look like Stitch. He looks like a you know a amorphous blob of poop. Is that really E.T.'s fault? You're mm-hmm. you're judging someone by the way they look. Yes, That's yes. fucked up, yeah. James. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the movie though, there's moments in it that I love. Uh, you know, I heard. Uh, the douchebag part where you know his mom says nobody's oh, yeah. a douchebag and she's putting it back in and then they're at the dinner table later and he's saying that he found a goblin and his brother says that's you know bullcrap shut your mouth penis breath and uh hit the mom's reaction to you all laughs and but she wants to you know say hey you can't yeah. do that but that's such a a real moment to me because i mean obviously me and my brothers did that <laughs> stuff all the time and my mom would laugh at us, but then at the same time, she'd still try to be a mom, say, hey, you can't say that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple moments in that movie that, man, I just love. Um, and th- they're heart-wrenching, and then they're, they're heartwarming. The part where um, Elliot becomes separated from E.T. because they have a bond, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's screaming, you're killing him! You're killing him! I was like, oh my gosh, don't cry, Ryan. It's not that bad. <laughs> But then when he comes back in and when he's alive and his jubilation where he's like, ah, <laughs> and then uh, he pretends to cry so he can spend time alone with him. And then he sees the flowers coming back to life and he does yeah. the same kind of cheer. Oh, man, it's great. Yeah. If you don't like E.T., you're not cool. Uh, have you looked around on the on the DVD of that? Or is the Because um, not too long ago they released footage of his um, – audition for that and his ability to cry and cue that kid was an amazing actor and it's a it's a shame he never uh blew up after that yeah i i really did. i watched the steven spielberg talking about et yeah which is really fascinating it was his he actually wanted to make that movie before he made jaws and then he went jaws and then close encounters and then he was able to make et yeah because he says the most personal story he ever he thought of the story but he had to have someone else write the screenplay for right. it which was it's, it's a great story and if you haven't seen it in a long time you should see it. I remember I used to not like it when I was a kid because my mom would, f- she got it for us at Blockbuster and I didn't want to watch that movie 
And and then I watched it. Oh, this movie's okay, mom. But you know, as you're older, you really like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the aforementioned 21 Jump Street, which still made me laugh out loud. Um, there's so many little clever moments in it that I totally forgot. Uh, you know, when we're watching the video on YouTube and all the comments of the people below makes me laugh my ass off. Um, the part where they're on the drugs. Oh man, where he's like, Miles Davis can suck my dick. And he jumps through the gong and, <laughs> or he says, fuck you, Miles Davis or whatever he says is yeah. awesome. Um, and just the, the <laughs> ice cubes character is really funny. It's the one time I've liked ice cube in the last 15 years. Oh yeah. Um, because one, two, the, it's so medics they are basically telling you exactly what's happening in this movie, but in a really funny and crude way. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it just made me laugh. Uh, um, I have to tell you this story that right now, Stars is doing this thing where uh, everybody on DirecTV just has Stars for a little while, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't show up as showing you what is on the channel right now. So if you click on it, it'll just send you to the channel, but you don't know what you're going to mm-hmm. see. And so my mom turned it on, and it was 21 Jump Street. And the nice. very first thing she she sees is this guy in the middle of the street yelling, "You shot my dick off!" <laughs> and she's telling me this story, and she's going, "I'm watching," and he's going, "You shot my dick off!" And I'm laughing. I'm going, "Oh, why?" And then you turned it off, and she went, "Well, no, I only saw a second." And then I heard the guy go, "Pick it up, pick it up." <laughs> so my mom has watched the scene where that guy gets his dick shut off oh, and then picks yeah. it up with his mouth. And I was like, how the, how the hell did this happen? Like, she could have seen any other scene in that movie and been okay, and then she saw that one. Uh, it's I, ridiculous. I have to say, I mean, besides Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, I mean, I was laughing my ass. I was like, look at me. I look like the fucking kid from Wonder Years in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> and anyways, and then uh, Dave Franco is mm. amazing in that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- there's a really funny part when he recruits him to carry guns to the prom because it's you know it's going down. Yeah. And he, and he tells him he says, "I don't know about you guys, the fact that you look like a forty year old, <laughs> you know, fucking clothes you wear, but you guys are cool." <laughs> it's, it's it's just a great script, and yeah. uh, I loved it. And that movie's really funny. Yeah. And I uh, the last thing I watched was um, I watched The Strangers, which is an uh, a horror that's that movie Liv from, Tyler movie. Yeah, two thousand eight, yeah. which is still a really good movie. It builds tension really well. Um, it's not really exploitive as far as the torture elements because when you know Scott Speedman gets stabbed, spoiler alert, uh, it seems really real. Mm. And it's the terrifying part is it's so random. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, I also watched Comic Con episode four, which is still good, and it's amazing still. You pick cool. it up at Toys R Us for ten dollars with a Joss Whedon action figure, and you can burn the Morgan Spurlock one if you want because you know whatever. Oh. I do want that. Super, just super size me, please. Please <laughs> super size me. I, I want to be super sized. Yeah, super size me, guys. Is that is that your impression? <laughs> I whatever. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He has a new show coming out on CNN that I'll never watch. Yeah, he, no one else will. <laughs> CNN does have a lot of those shows where it's you know they take a celebrity and says, oh, their new show on CNN, and then like three weeks later it's not on anymore. I didn't know that CNN had shows. Uh, the, yeah, they have. I thought they just had Larry King live. With Piers Morgan. I say he's been retired for like three years now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Yeah. Movies rock. Do you remember that movie People Like Us? Yeah, it's your brand by your favorite screenwriting duo. Uh well I don't I I wouldn't say they're my favorite screenwriting duo, but they make really good blockbuster movies. They do. They they follow the rules of screenwriting very, very well, um, in order to make a movie fun. Um, and this movie for, for being, if, if you don't remember the trailer, um, 
basically Chris Pine, his dad dies. Captain Kirk. Yeah. His dad dies. He didn't really like his dad. And his dad leaves him this um, shaving kit full of lots and lots of money uh, and a note saying that it is for this, this kid. Uh, and what he comes to find out is that Elizabeth Banks is actually his his um, half-sister um, who his dad never spent any time with, with her family. Um, and then she has this son, and the money is technically for him, for the son. Uh, and then he sort of gets involved with them because he wants to know, he really wants to keep the money for himself, but for whatever reason also is sort of trying to get to know them. Uh, and then as he gets to know them, he gets to like them and, you know, sort of uncovers the story of what really so happened. So why didn't his dad leave him any money? That's fucked up. Because uh, he was also estranged from his dad because uh, his dad wasn't a really great person, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um and and because I think like he was successful, he just hits hard times right then, so he wouldn't necessarily need the money. You know, his mm-hmm. dad wouldn't have expected he would need the money. Um, also, you know, he had plenty of opportunities and spent plenty, got plenty of stuff from his dad. Whereas this other this this daughter of his and her son never really did. So it's his way of sort of trying to support them even after he's dead. Uh, and it's a nice enough story. And I think it you know when it came out in the middle of the summer. You got pretty harsh reviews, and I don't think it is a bad movie. I just think it is a harmless movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there is nothing really that stands out about it. Especially um, that poster. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything, <laughs> you know, hey, here's some happy people and some white font. Like, ooh. Um, it, it's just uh What was you just talking about, Brad? What? He's talking about people like us. Huh. Yeah, what did he just say? Oh man, you're, yeah, you're, not, you're not even paying attention. You're over to there. Us. You're over there. I'm trying to check out to remember what the fuck I watched this week <laughs> <laughs> and last week. Uh, Dicks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I. It's not. It's not the worst, but I. I couldn't suggest that anybody necessarily go see it. Um. Or well, it goes see my it Friday it. night. Yeah. Well, it uh, is Friday night. But anyway, uh, that's pretty much all I've been watching. Brad, what'd you see? You only saw people like us this week. I watched some other stuff, but some of the stuff we'll talk about later and. Uh, the rest of it is TV shows and stuff. Okay. The Walking Dead is still good. American yeah. Horror Story is still good. Yep. Yep. And and some of it was on hiatus just because of Turkey Day. Yep. Yep. Uh, last week, the week I was gone, I saw a movie that's been circling via Alamo Draft House called Miami Connection. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. Yeah. I have not. It's like it the, sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like the cheesiest 80s kung fu Whoa. movie. I read a whole article about it. In, on Entertainment Weekly, because they said that Alamo Draft House was basically begging for this print of this movie mm. because it's so obscure and it's so shitty that it's the type of movie that MST3K needs to sit in front of and <laughs> make, make fun of because it is. Oh, so it's legitimate. When, when you said it, I thought maybe it was like a black dynamite. Yeah, it's no, it's it it's really a real... is. Do you know the story behind it? Sort of. But, well, the, the the lead actor in it is a really famous Taekwondo guy in um, Florida. Bruce Lee. No. No. Oh. Uh, but anyways, he he ma- he wanted to make this movie to show showcase his skills in Taekwondo, and he <laughs> he self produced it, and he's the star of it. And I guess it was so panned when it came out because I guess his English wasn't good. And, and that's all not the-, the problem with the movie. But go on, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so bad that he hit it in from shame. But the Alamo Draft House wow. was begging to find prints of this movie, and they eventually found one in Taiwan or something like that, and they brought it over and. They start having uh, once a month midnight screenings of it. It's bringing all these new people Whoa. out. Uh, anyways, tell the story about the movie. Uh, well, I fell asleep during part of it. <laughs> no, uh, so it's great. Yeah, uh, the movie starts out with like an infomercial for YK Kim, which is the the kung fu guy. Um, 
it's like a commercial, like a self-help type thing where, you know, he'll change your life and he's written like five books that you need to check out on like martial arts and, <laughs> and they're real, they're real books. I, I now I guess they are. <laughs> this is a real thing. Like wow. I thought it was a fake like trailer before the movie, like, yeah, like a black dynamite thing, but no, it, that comes up and then the movie starts. It's not set in Miami. Actually, it's set in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the movie starts with like, um, there's like a, a, sorry, a drug deal going down, good. the drug deal going down. And, uh, you know, with like a, these Miami mobsters or whatever, um, and Miami then, mobsters in Orlando, whatever, like we gangs, <laughs> yeah. cartel. I, I, yeah, this is funny. Whatever. Um, and then these ninjas show up and like try to steal the drugs. And then yes, there's a. This is gonna sound so bad. There's an, like a leader of the ninja gang who, for the longest time in the movie, I thought was the protagonist of the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they all look the same. Well, is what you're yeah, trying to say. There's this other Asian guy in the band later who was like, "Oh, that's isn't right. He's the leader band. of the ninjas. No, he's wait, a totally different kid. Wait, all there's right. music in this movie." Okay, so the first 45 <laughs> minutes are this band called, uh, I think it's, it's not Dragon Force. It's a, <laughs> Dragon oh Force my gosh, I, I'm remembering the article right now, but I don't remember. I know Dragon Song. Yeah, Dragon Song, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this band called Dragon Song, and the first 45 minutes, there's like, they'll play a Journey-style song. <laughs> uh, like, I think the lyrics are like, it's so great that we're friends or something, <laughs> over and over again. And so they'll play the whole friggin' song and you'll have to watch them on stage dancing to it. And then there'll be like a little, you know, two minute dramatic moment. And then they'll go to another show and do another song and you'll have to watch the whole song. Like it's not just intercut with like, oh, these characters are talking. And then like the, it's the whole, it's like a music video. Nice. So this band called Dragon Song. (laughs) Is Um, that band real? Maybe. We we have to look this up. Um, So, and then, uh, again, this was two weeks ago. Uh, I think in between the two concerts, uh, there's this other band that got booted from the venue in favor of Dragon Song that's really upset about it. So they go back to uh, kick the uh, like try to convince the uh, venue owner to change, you know, like let them back on, you know, doing their their band again. And uh, when he refuses, they like threaten him some more and then he like busts out his kung fu moves and kicks all their asses <laughs> <laughs> nice like and then i don't think you ever see that guy again in the movie <laughs> and then there's another concert and then there's um there's an african-american bandmate who uh is trying to find his long estranged father uh and that actually turns out to be turns out to be the climax of the movie <laughs> so oh and then there's uh what I thought was the main focus of the movie is uh, there's this one guy who's, you know, a guitarist in the band and he has a girlfriend and his girlfriend's brother is part of this gang who associates with the ninja gang. <laughs> associates <laughs> with, but is not a member of. He's not a member like of. They're buddy, buddy. Like, he's not them. in gym himself, but <laughs> he like. But he wears a gi just because. <laughs> yeah. I, no, he doesn't wear a gi. <laughs> I don't think he does. He wears a bandana, though. Um, but he doesn't want her hanging out with that guy. And he is trying to get find ways to get that other band. Like, they're trying to get rid of the ninjas or trying to get rid of Dragon Song so the other band can play, as far as I can tell, <laughs> instead. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, he doesn't want his sister. And the sister hates him anyway. 
Um, so this movie still, is so ridiculous. Is it a movie <laughs> you have to experience, or is it not even worth to? I don't. I, I don't <laughs> think. You know, Father's Day is like it's so ridiculous and like, you know self-referential. Mm-hmm. To, like it knows it's a joke. This one, like it feels like it's so serious. Um. That it's just not funny. Gotcha. <laughs> it's just like it, it's a, it just seems a little sad. You had um, me as soon as you titled it something about Miami and then said it was set in Orlando. Set in Orlando, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the story is in Orlando, but just like I I know that's but Orlando. Hey, <laughs> it's it's Orlando, but it's just the Miami connection. So the, yeah, no, this is true. Maybe the band has a connection to Miami. Yeah, and the, uh, the does cl- it end with a car chase with a train like the French Connection? I, like that's about the time I started to wake up a little bit because I had, like that REM thing where I was like I was watching the movie but my brain wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're like suddenly they get in like limos and stuff and they start driving and they're like on some Florida turnpike or whatever and then the ninjas bust out and like stop the cars and oh there's a motorcycle gang and they cut them <laughs> off and then they go into the woods. And then finally, this band, like who I think two of the characters are, you know, martial arts trained, they start fighting all the ninjas, and like one of the ninjas kills one of the bandmates finally, and so they get all like super upset, and they decide to like, okay, we're not gonna like just beat them up now, we're gonna kill the ninjas. So like one of them gets a sword, and like they're slashing nice. people and like cutting people open and stuff, and then um, is it really graphic? Is it like rated R or is it like, uh, one of those cheesy like PG? Would it be rated movies? R if they had enough money to pay for blood? Yeah, I don't really remember. <laughs> like, a lot, it wasn't terribly graphic, like uh, you know Friday Thirteenth or something. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, there, like, there was blood. I think remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of cutaways, like you know, someone would thrust a sword and then it'd be like cut here and then back and then like the swords <laughs> through him and stuff. <laughs> or uh, I think someone shot an arrow, you know, and it was just like you know cut away and then there's the arrow in them. Uh, but Oh, the African American kid I think gets cut or something, and they have to rush him to the hospital after they finally defeat all the ninjas. Um, and then at the hospital, th- his father finally shows up, <laughs> and he's like a young guy dressed in old man makeup, <laughs> <laughs> like his hair is all dusted, and uh, <laughs> and he could not be less excited to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. I was. He, he I like it. bad movies, but this was just like such a blah. And he gives his son a boring. shaving kit full of money, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> sure, whatever that reference is, I don't know. <laughs> See, he really yeah, wasn't was paying attention. He yeah. really wasn't listening. Oh, that was about the movie that wow. James was talking about. People I like want, us. I want to see that now. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to see like just something just so bad in every way. Check that out. So, how did you get a chance to see it? Did midnight at the Esquire? Right, but is it the is it the one that the Alamo Draft House got, or did they are they making DVDs? How do I see this movie now? Uh, there might the DVD comes out and the Blu-ray comes out like next month, I think. <laughs> oh, there's a Blu-ray, uh, but it's still I think it's on a circuit. But oh, okay. We were Denver only got one showing, so cool. But it means um, I can get a DVD eventually. Yeah, <laughs> or a Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, or it might stream on Netflix. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it definitely feels like. If you've ever watched an MST3K movie, yeah. and, like the movie that's on screen is super serious, like Mitchell, like in uh, believes in itself, and then they're making fun of it at the bottom. Like, yeah. I just wanted to see two, like three silhouettes <laughs> <laughs> throughout the whole movie. I was like, ah, oh, God, help me get through this. You know, I have those. Uh, when I was a kid, we were watching Planet of the Apes with my my dad and my brother once, and put on the TV a little silhouette thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cut it out of cardboard and put it on there because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the original Planet of the Apes, but when you're ten or so years old, there's a part of you that's like. This is cheesy as fuck. Like, oh. Um, the 10-year-old says cheesy left, as fuck. We left him on there for like 10 years. So every time we were watch, watching the news, MST3K is in the bottom. 
Yeah. The movie also feels super long. Uh, <laughs> there's this uh, one part where the, they're fighting the ninjas like in a industrial yard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, finally, the movie's over. And then it's like another 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they actually fight the Arukasaki type. They got to play the concert at the end. Yeah. I forgot it's all building up to another concert. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about that. That didn't happen, thankfully. Oh, good. Oh, good, good. Um, oh, so, yeah, that was, yeah. And then um, I got a chance to see Lincoln, which I missed with you guys. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, uh, the audience like clapped at the end. Uh, it was hard to, it was like Shakespeare where I have to sit through the movie for like 20 minutes mm. to finally grasp the, the, the lingo yeah. uh, and then go with the movie. So there's a lot, the, the movie's got a lot of political jar- jargon, you know? Yeah. So once you get through that, like uh, definitely the last half is just amazing. Oh mm-hmm. man. I still yeah, love obviously in the beginning uh, is obviously very clever not having Lincoln read the speech, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love the uh, the war room story yeah. where he's talking about <laughs> the first thing he sees is, you know, George Washington makes British officers take a shit. Yeah. And then how <laughs> the one general gets all pissed off because he's about to tell a story again. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm not going to listen to another one of your stories. <laughs> and, and, and then, uh, you know, Lincoln goes, oh, I guess he doesn't want to hear the story. And then he goes right back into the story. It's great. Oh, that's so I, good. Also, I also thought it was bold that he didn't show the actual assassination of the movie and made you think it whoa, was going to show it. Like spoilers. That. But yeah. <laughs> You're right. Well, I think that um yeah, I mean we we talked about or at least I talked about it last week but you know, he focuses so much on um that relationship between Abe and Tad uh which as I talked about is partially because of how Steven Spielberg feels about his own father now um that I think the way that he addresses it um sort of the we we end up getting the emotion of that event through Tad which I think is so much better. Um, cause you, know, you could show it to us and we all go like, yeah, that's a reenactment of a thing we know happened. Uh, but that doesn't have the emotional impact of, of seeing it and, and realizing like, oh, here he is. And he's actually a human being again. Um, that's I actually felt like he could have just not even done Lincoln's death in the movie at all. I didn't think he was either. Uh, you know, it's Spielberg. He usually sort of avoids the sad ending, Yeah, but this one, he just like that movie could have ended after the yeah, uh, amendment passes and yeah. Or when he's walking down the hallway. You know, you just end it there with that guy looking at him going like, oh, yeah. no. But the the point of him ending it with his assassination, because, you know, they went to the flame as he's, oh, it's like the eternal oh, yeah. flame as Lincoln is always with no, us. I, I like that he did it. Yeah, I, I think it was a good choice. Yeah. Um, Spoilers, Abe Lincoln died. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I got caught up on Walking Dead season three. Oh, <laughs> good you. are you liking it? Are you uh, liking season yeah. three? I am liking it. Good, be much good. more interesting than last season. Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, them rebooting it at the beginning of the season, basically, I think, was really smart. Uh, yeah. And some of the deaths are uh, pretty bold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, because you didn't read, you haven't read the book, have you? No. Yeah. So that that big death happens differently in the book, but happens. So it was the next one we all knew yeah. was coming. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It was funny. I always I was laughing because T Dog finally had his really really big moment, and then he gets bit like yeah. five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was finally like, oh hey, T Dog. Yeah, I, we've been waiting for him to do something in this. Oh shit, <laughs> and he's dead. Oh well, okay. Yeah, that's not the real big death. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I didn't so much like uh, Rick going crazy though. No, you no, didn't. Like that was kind of a waste of time. Oh, oh, I enjoyed it. Like if only, if only because when uh, what's his name has to go down there and like wrangle him back up, and he's just like pushing yeah. against the wall, like. Yeah. 
I can see that. Snap out of it, buddy. Uh, oh, man. The the violence in this season is just... Or the, I should say the gore in this season is, is more than I ever, ever thought they would not just be able to do, but have the balls to do. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I like having Merle back. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And, and it, they give him a cool little gig as the enforcer yeah but i you know being a fan of the comic book i think the governor actually in the tv show is a little more creepy because in the comic he had this weird creepy hick look to him yeah and uh, in the you know in the tv show he has a normal guy and uh, but you know he has a dark streak to him we haven't seen enough of his his daughter yet for that to really be as terrifying as it could be um, I mean that scene with with her is well, yeah I think it's pretty harsh when um, he puts the bag over her head and, oh yeah 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 but uh, I remember it well being you know more what? Andrea's gonna have to discover it eventually oh yeah and then, I mean they do glaze over a lot from the comic book because I don't know if you could get away with it on TV with the raping and stuff but uh, yeah uh, yeah let's skip the rape yeah it's unnecessary <laughs> and last I saw Skyfall again oh yes yeah. it's still good I still mean, good I expect hmm? I expect it's still good yeah. Cool. So that's it. Very nice. Thank you guys for sharing your movie watching experiences with everybody. We <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, box office stat time, boys. This is the box office stats. Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. I feel so Did ashamed. that come out? It did. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I was really hoping we'd see it this week because I had a great name for our our, our uh, episode would be Twishit. Breaking Wind Part Two. Ah, you know. Hey, that might still happen. Anyways, there's 141 million, right? 141 million. Yep. Didn't set the standard for the series. Is actually the last one. Really? It was. Uh, The movie we saw, Lincoln, was actually in its second week, but it expanded nationwide with 25 million Mm dollars, which is the highest grossing movie opening weekend about a president ever. Wow. The, the, the original I'm highest. I'm surprised they keep stats of that. They do. The original highest was uh, W. I thought you were going to say Dave. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> way better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think W was like 10 million or something. Ugh. Yeah. So that's box office numbers. If you really want to see if I'm correct on my box office stats, you can go to boxofficemojo.com and check it out. Blu ray release is. DVD releases and Blu-rays. I made that one really hard for you to edit. I did release, and then I said is, because now you're like, oh, fuck you, Ryan. I'm going to fucking this is why I fuck this, this is fucking why shit. I'm flipping you off in my mind right now. <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> shit. Fuck, motherfuck. Uh, I'm going to try to set the record for most fucks in a podcast. Man's going to have to bleep out all those fucks. No, dude. We are in America. Abe Lincoln fought for us to have the right to freedom of speech. Well, we, we did see a, a happy animal movie this week that four-year-olds should go see. So. Yeah, at 7 o'clock on Ugh. a Friday night. Uh, anyways, this week, Men in Black 3 comes out. Shit. And uh, <laughs> it kind of holds up uh, to my whole thing. It's the worst movie of the year. And, uh, oh, I don't really? No. Yeah. It's not yeah. the worst hey, movie of the year. Hey, don't you tell me what I think the worst movie of the year is, asshole. <laughs> Man. Oh, we'll have to wait, wait, let Twilight. me let me look at my list. Let me let me confer to my list of seventy movies I've seen this year. So you liked Father's Day more than Men in Black Three? Uh, oh, yeah, shit. because I actually laughed at Father's Day. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Hmm. No, Piranha Three Double D or Men in Black Three? <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be the fight at the end of the year. Well, unless we see Twilight. 
What else is coming out, guys? Also, uh, I, I was leaving a dramatic pause. Like, is he really going to say Twilight's going to be better than Men in Black 3? Maybe because Men in Black 3 was was so tired. And Anyways, Lawless <laughs> also comes out. It does. And you can see Jessica Chastain naked. <laughs> yes. Yes. Also, it's a really good movie. Like, totally naked, too. She's, like, walking totally nude and towards the camera. Yeah, yeah. And my boner gets all hard. <laughs> God damn it. That movie there is go. good. Own her naked boobs on Blu-ray. <laughs> yep. And you can, like... But you know what's great about Blu-ray? You can... Advance the frame so slowly that you're going to sit there and stare and jack off to it as much as you want. <laughs> but the movie's really great. The The legend yes. of uh, Tom Hardy's character is amazing. Oh, man. He's not naked. He is not. If you want to see him naked, watch Bronson. And yeah, check Ooh. out Bronson. It's streaming on Netflix. Also, I should, uh, I'll chaos, but my favorite anime movie of the year also comes out. Me Paranorman. too. I'm so glad you said that. Um, so that should be fun. Wait, which one? Paranorman. Paranorman. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's a toss between that or Frankenweenie. And, and, um, <laughs> oh, I, thought, I figured you would say Wreck-It Ralph. Maybe. You know how you can <laughs> find out? In one month, Film Explosion 2012 will be out. Brad's favorite episode to edit. Yeah. yeah. Takes them and then you week. can find out exactly how we feel about the movies of this year. For sure. Which is lots of great movies. And one that's going to be on James's list is... <laughs> Step Up Revolution. It will not be on my list. It will be. James, oh, man. I, we went and saw it in the theater. And we you know not. how the the stadium seating and then there's a, like the hall, little ha- hallway and then there's more seats. Yeah. When that movie started, James got up, got in that hallway and started dancing. It was clapping. <laughs> and I believe it, it was a revolution. <laughs> we, we, we need to go see a Step Up movie now. Yeah. I believe it's actually going to be on his list twice. <laughs> <laughs> One and One, two. <laughs> well, well, the regular, the 2D version and the 3D <laughs> version. <laughs> We're shot in 3D. <laughs> hold, hold your breath, because wait and see which one's on top, 2D or 3D. Whoa. <laughs> and the other one is The Apparition, which is uh, produced by Sam Raimi, which actually didn't get too bad reviews. Well, it's got um, uh, Ashley Green in it. There's yeah. hands reaching yes. at her. Yeah. It's a real interesting story in real life. Well, you mean it was like, like a real ghost? Yeah, and, yeah, it's a real ghost story. But like with a real ghost? Yeah, like that box is like ghost? really cursed and really cursed. My hands are in quotations. Um, and these people kept on trying to get rid of it. And every peop- every person that took on this box was had like bad luck fall. Of course, it wasn't, you know, like a horror movie bad luck. It None was, of that is true. Is, you know, my dog died. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Which had to do with him getting that box, James. Jeez. Way to ruin it. <laughs> Just like in the movie we saw thanks, today, the reason thanks. he was survived. Never mind. Thanks, um, thanks, John Edwards. Oh, yeah. yeah. The other side. Not not the, the political side. candidate. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's what's coming out this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to Digital Bits, click on the stuff, give them Support some money. them. James, unspool some real news for me now. <laughs> It's real news. Speaking of The Walking Dead, uh, they've been talking about they're reintroducing one of the new one of the major characters from the book, and uh, it's pretty clear now it's going to be Tyrese, uh, who is going to be played by Chad Coleman, uh, who was on The Wire. I don't really know who he is. Uh, he's I've seen two episodes of The Wire. Man, this sucks. I've everyone seen I've seen the same six episodes three times, and everyone thinks and it's I still so never like that show, and I can't get into it. I've tried and tried and tried, but um, I, I think it's going to be good. Uh, I'm excited to see him, especially, you know, we've lost so many characters recently mm-hmm. uh, that I, I think they need to start reintroducing some people back in. Um, 
it, it's supposed to happen in the next couple episodes, but uh, I don't know. Um, either way, it's not that big of news. Uh, better news is that they have canceled the 3D conversion of Independence Day. No. So we're not we're not gonna have to go see Independence Day in 3D. Guess I'll have to blow up the White House myself then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, don't <laughs> uh, wait, don't, don't, <laughs> don't put that on. <laughs> and now um, I'm joking. Don't come kill me. You know what? It's okay because the movie that was made for 3D is now available on Blu-ray. Which which one? I Robot 3D. Have you not seen that commercial? <laughs> uh, There's a commercial where it says the movie that was made for 3D. What? I Robot. Yeah. That movie was not made for 3D. It was made for 2D. Before there was 3D. Just saying, that's what it said on the commercial. That's ridiculous. Mm. And I listened to everything commercials say to me. That movie was made, after that movie was made, that director made another movie, and that movie wasn't in 2D either, because nobody was making 2D movies then either. That's how old that movie is, yeah. Or 3D movies, yeah. He's so mad he doesn't remember what he's talking about. I I don't even. All all of the cold drugs have gone to my head. A whole bunch of animals have died on The Hobbit. What? Uh, which is a big, yeah, like 27 animals that are being reported as having died on The Hobbit because they were, I'm trying not to laugh, um, because they were keeping the pens too close, <laughs> shit, to uh, to animal traps like bluffs, uh, as if implying that, I guess they, they kept some of the animals too close to cliffs and the animals just sort of ran, <laughs> ran off them. <laughs> oh, Why would they oh, do that? Oh, shit. It's not, it's not funny. It still means that at the end of the movie they will be able to say, uh, and no it, animals were harmed during the making of this film because they weren't uh, harmed on film. So the animals like committed suicide. Like, yeah, this movie's a piece of shit, and they're stretching into three. Fuck this! Oh my god, forty-eight frames per second looks like shit. <laughs> and then Peter Jackson's like, "Crikey!" Wait, what do New Zealanders say? I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know. And it's in New Zealand, so I don't even know how the laws work there, as far as that's no, concerned. I'm, I'm sure that they will end up having to pay some fines or something like that. Um, it's unfortunate. I don't want. Well, oh, animals it's not their fault animals killed themselves. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't want animals to accidentally die, but uh it's it's a little bit funny. <laughs> just a little oh, bit. shit, we put them too close to the cliff. God damn it. These fuckers can't just stay on the ground. So do they have like the cage that was only had like three walls to it? <laughs> and the back of the cage was the edge of the cliff and they hoped <laughs> like, the animals wouldn't go like, off it? Uh, we save some money don't... by not making a, f- a fourth fence. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, they'll never run off the back of the way. Hey, where'd all the animals okay. go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you've three you've hours seen... <laughs> of walking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. That was oh. a Lord of the Rings joke. That he just knocked out of the park. Uh, all right, and in the in the saddest news of the week, um, Kevin Clash, who for forever has played Elmo, has retired from Elmo. Well, don't uh, have under, sex with children. Under allegations of uh, child molestation, and uh, I mean, he says he didn't do it, but he also resigned. The um, person who accused him said he didn't do it. Well, this, the person who accused him retracted their story, and then somebody else has now uh, accused him, and so. So, uh, with other stories popping up, it's just it's weird. Uh, so he has resigned. It's unfortunate. If he, if he's innocent, then that really sucks. Yeah, and fuck those people for being horrible douchebags of human beings. Um, if he isn't innocent, then fuck him for being a horrible douchebag of a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way, it's someone's just, a douchebag. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a shitty situation. It um, is, and when you watch it, the documentary being Elmo, you can't. He seems so nice. You yeah. can't even think that he would do it. I yeah. don't know. It's really weird. And he was married, too. Yeah. Well, and, um, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Uh, anyway, so that's the end of the news. Cool. Comic book corner time. Oh, 
I did actually forget something. I'm oh, sorry. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Chevy Chase is leaving community. Oh, that That's is really thing. Um, that no one seems to care about. Well, it's it's because we've seen it coming. He's well, been yeah, saying for years he was going to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you might disagree, but you signed on to do the show. Don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing that I get from it, is don't be a dick. If he can't get along with Dan Harmon, so they replace Dan Harmon, he can't get along with the other guys, too? Whatever. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him. I don't... I, uh, um, he hated the yeah, show anyway. Uh, yeah, he hated it. He always talked. He always talked about how much he hates the show. And I mean, it, it sucks that, that he stupid. couldn't. It, it sucks that he couldn't say like, "I'm going to leave at the end of the season, so write me out." Because um, basically, there's two or three episodes left they haven't filmed. I just uh, have him not be killed be on the with. way into the community college. Yeah, just one day ran over by a Kentucky where... Fried Chicken mobile or something. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it'll be. Is just he'll he'll suddenly be dead, and they'll have him in a in a lava lamp. Yeah, yeah. So you go see his mom. Yeah, and then they'll put them both on the mantle place, and they'll stare at the eerie glow of a lava lamp. Yeah, we'll find out in February. Comic Book Corner. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. So I've got something a little bit weird this week. Usually we tell you about a comic book that you should read, uh, and I'm going to tell you about a comic book you shouldn't read. Wow. Um, uh, they They recently started an ongoing series of The Rocketeer. And it's it's called um, Cargo the of Doom. Cargo of Doom, which sounds like a cool title. The premise being, it's it's written by Mark Wade, who I usually like. Um, and the premise of it is that there is this ship that has been to Skull Island, like from King Kong, and is bringing back monsters from Skull Island. And I'm like, okay, cool. That it's it's cool. a little bit, you know, it's it's got that fantastic touch to it, but it's grounded in King Kong and all of the movie lore, and that ties into the Rocketeer in a cool way. And I was like, this is a great idea. Uh, the problem is, is that the, um, it's kind of a cliche story to have the people who are against the Rocketeer, they just want the rocket because then they want to like make an army of things with rockets on it. Um, that story has been told before. It's told in the movie. You know, Usually it's cool if it's Nazis. It's not cool if it's dinosaurs. The Rocketeer is that not a book. badass. No, it's not. Because they it, it totally steps outside the bounds of I want to see a rocket pack on the back of a T-Rex. That's uh, terrifying. It, it's so stupid. Um, the real problem, though, that I have with it is that I don't think Mark Wade really writes The Rocketeer well. Um, the, the kind of fun thing about reading The Rocketeer, especially if you're reading like The Rocketeer Adventures, which we've talked about mm. before and how great those are, um, they are written like those old serials where the story has this really quick pace to it. Mm. Um, they, there's a, it's almost too much exposition and they get you through the story really quick uh, and it makes it a lot more exciting and he doesn't write it, because it's an ongoing, he doesn't write it that way. Um, or I guess it's not an ongoing, it's a limited series, but um, it just makes the book feel really languid to me and it, it doesn't feel like, you know, original Rocketeer. Hmm. Um, so I guess that is to say, you know, if you haven't read The Rocketeer, go out and buy the actual Dave Stevens Rocketeer and all that stuff. You can find all of that at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. You can find Colorado uh, Rocketeer Adventures, which we've which talked about amazing. before, which is great. Um, but if you listen to us talk about this stuff and you walk in and you see Cargo of Doom, maybe you just skip over that one and buy something good. You're like one of the only people that don't like it, though. I really hate it. Because it's doing so well that they're having another miniseries coming out. Well, I hope that one's written by somebody who's not Mark Wade. <laughs> I really hate it. 
Right on. So, but hey, you don't have to hate comics. No. Uh, you can love comic books and go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and pick up tons of comics there. They have over 200,000 back issues. I'm sure they have something that you will find that you will like. Oh, yeah. So, this week, me and James went and saw Life of Pi. Brad, you can just sit there and gaze in wonderment about what we're about to tell you. Like, it's a starry night. It also doesn't play, take place in Miami. It does not take place in Miami. Yeah. Good. james should people go see life of pi uh this movie is absolutely gorgeous i mean it's it's no this movie's a piece of shit um and everything that you've heard about how smart it is and how intelligent it is and you know just how moving and emotional it can be it's trite um it's absolutely trite and it's giving you the same sort of ambiguous um vague look at religion and faith that absolutely says nothing about humanity. Um, there is there is one small gem in the movie, I think, um, but it's it's not worth it. Uh, the first twenty minutes are great. I was in for the first twenty minutes, but once he gets on that boat, it just becomes nonsense. Um, this is where me and you are going to differ. <laughs> you say it's a total piece of shit. I just think it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Here's the trailer for Life of Pi. I was sitting in this coffee house, and this old man at the table next to me struck up a conversation. He said you had an amazing story. Let's see then. Where to begin? I was born and raised in one of the most beautiful places on earth. It was a time filled with wonder that I'll always remember. But when my family chose to move our zoo halfway around the world, that is when my greatest journey began.
again, I, the, the point of this movie, I think, is to have some sort of sense of wonderment. Yeah. That it's, you know, I, and, and right it, away. It's supposed to just be like, you know, there's all this beautiful stuff that you're supposed to see, but because it's all CG, it's not really that pretty. Yeah. And, you know, I this week, I really didn't want to see any of the new movies that came out. But after reading reviews of Life of Pi, I said, well, you know what? I'll give this one a chance because everyone is in love with this movie and it's going to be something different you know yeah i mean we could have gone to see red dawn and we would have known pretty much what red dawn would have been most likely so we took took a chance and you know right away at the beginning where they're just showing a bunch of animals for 15 minutes of credits man the longest credits some of it looks really cool when it's real animals. animals yeah but then they intercut it with cgi animals like the cgi hummingbird that they wanted to have come out and you in 3D, we didn't see yeah. it in 3D, but I don't think it's ne- whatever. I nothing I saw would have been really cool in 3D. Yeah, so you're watching it and you're saying, okay, well that's a that's a real anteater. Oh wait, now here's a CGI. I remember all the rhinos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's a certain aspect of making CGI believable, mm-hmm. and some of the movements of the creatures and the animals were not believable. Yeah, because it seemed really herky jerky. Um, but yeah, and then I. Man. And that goes through. I mean, that's just that opening sequence. But everything CG after that, the 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 sort of vistas on the boat and all that stuff. It 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 doesn't look like it would be moving if you were filming actual real life and we were seeing these beautiful sunrises out on the ocean and and what mm-hmm. that actually looks like. But it doesn't look like it. It reminds me a lot of um, uh, what dreams may come, yeah. which was impressive because so much of that was actually practical. But that too, but um, in What Dreams May Come, though, it's it's a stylistic and an impressionist look about what's happening. Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed, supposed to... be heaven. And it's, yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to look at it and say, oh, this is real life, yeah. you know, and that's where I think this movie loses it because even at the beginning, you know, it, it's kind of a cute story about the little boy and his name, Yeah, but his uncle yeah. looked horrible. The Oh, yeah, yeah, the weird buffed up guy. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. Because it was like part CGI part makeup and they both yeah. didn't match because it kind of looked like a white guy who had Indian makeup on. Yeah. It was weird. Did that, that seem like way to you? Cause that's what it looked like to me. I, it, it felt like his head was a little bit different from his body. Yeah. Uh, maybe that guy's real. Maybe that's a totally real guy and he's just a freak. But yeah. Maybe it, it, it did not look real, but it looked sure. like the Indian guy from lady in the water where he just worked out one arm and uh, it was like, it was an Indian. He was, he was Mexican, but yeah, was it? I don't yeah, remember yeah. that movie was horrible too. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I like the story about him being a little boy in, oh, yeah. in school, and the whole story of him, you know, trying his, to find his experiences his religion, with faith yeah. and 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 all of that. I w- I was in. Uh, I liked that character, but then there's a boat wreck. Yeah, and th- but not only that, but too. I mean, sometimes I don't mind religion, but sometimes yeah. I hate when it's so heavy-handed and put right. into a movie. And I mean, basically, what his his journey is is you know, all religions are acceptable. You know, no matter what you believe in, it doesn't matter what you believe in. And he's trying to f- find God. And yeah, and uh, I, I will say too, I did like um, the older him and his interview with the yes the writer. Well, that that actor is amazing. He was in a movie called The Notebook. I, I don't remember his name. It's um, Arafan Khan. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's really good in The Amazing Spider Man. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Really good. <laughs> really good. Yeah. I mean, he's like a scene and a half. In a scene uh, and a half. But yeah, he's fantastic in this. No, there's I, a I great scene. Character. There's a great scene in The Amazing Spider-Man where he's talking to Dr. Connors and he's threatening him about how he's going to go to the veterans hospital to test it on humans. 
love that scene. Yeah. Because he's a he's a dirtbag. But anyways, uh, I would almost say that I think he is so good in this movie that if the movie were just that interview and we were watching him tell the story of what happens and then we get that punch at the end about mm-hmm. him telling spoilers, but the two stories, then I think it would be pretty interesting. Yeah. But, you know, then it would be my dinner with Andre only <laughs> once one very yeah. long take. But, but you're um, right. I mean, because, you know, the kids, the kids cute and uh, because it's a funny story because his uh, his French name is uh, Pissin. And uh, so all the kids make fun of him because it sounds like pissing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, there he is pissing, pissing everywhere. So then he no pissing in the courtyard. Yeah. And so he, he goes through the whole next year at school. When they call his name, he goes up and does pi, you know, says the mathematical formula for pi or whatever. And he starts counting it out as far as he can just to be, because if he can impress them enough, then that's what they'll remember. Exactly. Not his piss Which is a great story. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I I love the kid at that point. Um, But his his dad owns this zoo, or Mm -hmm. he owns the animals in a zoo. Uh, and they decide, you know, money sort of falls apart, and they decide they're going to s- take all the animals, sell them off, and move to Canada. Um, and while they're on the boat going to Canada, there's a big storm, and the boat sinks, and he is the only survivor, along with some animals on a boat. Yeah, and, you know, th- there's some parts that I think the tiger looks really good, and then other parts yeah. it's so horrible. Oh, yeah. And actually, there's a moment to me that really stood out with really bad CGI. I don't know if you caught it. Is uh, when the well comes up through all the plankton Ugh. that's lit up, and then he splashes. If you watch the boat and pie, it looks like a PlayStation Two. Oh yeah, it was horrible. that whole sequence does not look any better than it did in the trailer, and yeah. looks atrocious in the trailer. Um, and that's partially a stylistic thing because. They want the whale to be coming up through all this algae, so the whale is all glowy. Mm-hmm. But that also makes it look waxy and CG, and that it totally saps it of all of the emotion and the wonder that that scene could have. Um, because if the rest of it had all looked real, and then we get a CG whale, we I, I would be more willing to forgive the, the, the slightly crummy CG. But yeah. when you put all of those layers on top of it, it's like uh, it's like Avatar or something like that, where everything is CG, so nothing is real. Exactly, you know? and that that even starts to take away from the stuff that is real. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is moments in this movie that are really good. Um, yeah. You know, we mentioned the interview um, when he's on the boat. I mean, there's parts of it that I really liked. Yeah, uh, but again, there, then there was a, a ten minute thing where he just kept on getting scared by the tiger. Yeah, and the tiger would it, like pop up like a jack in the box somewhere, and it does a he, he does a really bad job of pacing that in a way that we feel like we're watching the development of this character, um, you know, as opposed to something like Castaway, where there can be no talking for a really long time, and we're just watching these sequences of him trying to learn to survive. I don't feel like I am watching a story when I'm watching him and the tiger on the boat. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm watching sort of these weird little sequences that they thought would be fun that. Uh, end up not they're supposed to lead to like oh, okay now he and the tiger are kind of friends but i never get that emotion from it uh, yeah 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 and you know the the part where it, spoilers you know they're trying to tie it all together at the end where you know he tells a story that we all experienced of him on this boat and with the animals, with the animals and the insurance guys don't believe it and then he tells this horrifying story about how people were murdering each other and yeah and then and it's, and it's clear when he's telling the story that each person that he puts on the boat that's a human is um, 
is tied to one of the animals that was on the boat. So like mm-hmm. his mother is the orangutan that was on the boat. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there and there's the cook who is the 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 jackal. Um, but uh, the the thing that ruins it, I liked that that little moment, that that interesting thing where all of a sudden we go, oh, maybe this whole story we've been told is fake. Um, mm-hmm. Which we kind of start to wonder because some things start to happen and you go, well, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so I was really interested then. But then when they come back to the interview, the guy explains the metaphor. Yeah. Like he, he goes through and goes, oh, so your mom was like the orangutan and you were like the tiger. And, and I'm going, come on. Like I actually like buried my head in my hands in the theater going, you didn't need that you were talking down to us now yeah because i think the ambiguity of it like the if you didn't know if what story was real i think is more interesting than yeah. them saying oh well you know the story that he made up about the murders isn't real and we'll tell you why it's yeah. not real when the the powerful gem in the movie as far as i'm concerned is what comes right after that which is it it, it plays for me both as a writer and as a as a man of faith that he then says like okay i told you these two stories one of them is fantastical and has these animals in it and all of that uh and the other one is is horrific well which one do you prefer or or not even horrific he he more says it like like it's real you know Mm -hmm. one of them is is all real and not very beautiful and the other one is whimsical which one do you prefer and he says well i i prefer the the whimsical one uh and just that as an idea of you know why we like stories i think is really cool but you we go through too much bullshit to get there Mm -hmm. um and 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 bullshit that does not actually build anything i think there is more emotion and humanity in in movies that don't try to tackle all of this silly philosophy stuff that that is just masturbatory here um you know a movie like castaway where they are really just focusing on a human being and, and we sort of see ourselves related in them. Um, I don't see myself in a lot of this stuff because it's just, it's clearly um, being manipulated in order to make a point for me. Yeah, and it's trying to manipulate emotions. And two, the whole time when the big ship was sinking and he was on, you know, the lifeboat, I'm like, how's a lifeboat making it through this water oh, yeah. when this huge boat is being overtaken yeah. by waves? Um, and uh, the whole thing, the whole interaction between him and the animals is also because um, we haven't talked about the fact that he's a vegetarian, and so he ends up he ends up on this boat with these animals, and he doesn't want to hurt any of the animals. Um, but he's okay watching the jackal kill, or watching the hyena kill the zebra. Yeah. He's okay watching the hyena kill the uh, orangutan. Um, he's then okay killing fish to feed to the tiger because he doesn't want to hurt the tiger. It's so hypocritical and, and it doesn't, it it makes him out to be very weak, not like, Oh, well he is so into his vegetarianism Yeah, Um, because we also didn't see scenes early on in the movie where we were like, Oh yeah, well he's, really a vegetarian well the like, only really scene they had was that. his dad was making fun of him because he was he wasn't eating lamb right remember yeah, he yeah. says oh this lamb's the best part of this meal yeah you're stupid for believing in the muslims and things like that yeah so. it, it it makes me not care about him as much um if he doesn't want to fight for anything mm-hmm. you know if he doesn't want to stay alive then there it saps the conflict out of the movie yeah um because then it's just like, oh, okay, well, he's on a boat with a tiger, and I guess he's okay with dying. Um, you know, he can eat these 
you can eat these biscuits and then be com- the the biggest idiot and put the biscuits on the raft instead mm-hmm. of getting into the boat, which he has the easiest th- time doing. Yeah. Um, it 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 really makes that character that I liked early just seem powerless after uh, after that, and not in a not in a way like oh he really is powerless in a way that he chooses to be powerless, and that mm. that doesn't make me relate to him. That makes me just frustrated by him. Yeah, and you know uh, the last thing I'll say too is they had that. 3D part where it shows through the starry sky and then he looks in the water and oh, says, yes. what are you wow. looking at? And then all the fish turn into it animals. D- it goes and down and there's fish and the fish eat each other fish and then one a squid eats a whale See, and, and the whale turns into other animals and then there's animals in the water and then the stars turn into I think that's sometimes more manipulative of the 3D than having someone point something at the camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's saying... This has nothing to do with the story, but we're going to just show you all this random. Well, 3D it's stuff. supposed to be this existential moment that that you know people who have not spent any time thinking about existential things go like, "Oh, that was so deep that yeah, we're connected to the animals and we're." But it's 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 superficial. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely superficial philosophy, um, and and it ends up feeling again trite when you watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not actually saying anything. So, Which was so frustrating because then at the end we're sitting there and the guy behind us is talking about like, oh, how how smart this fool and you know, what great screen presence the guy has. And I'm going, what are you even talking about? It, people it, clapped it in sounded our movie. Like, yeah, it <laughs> sounded like the exact same bullshit where I'm like, you're not saying anything. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, this will not be on my top 10 list this year yeah. is what we're saying. As low as my expectations really were. Uh, it might end up being on my biggest disappointments because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential here, and they they could have done something really great with this, um, but it's too heavy-handed and silly. Yep, I agree. I'm now glad I missed it. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's a there's an island that's shaped like a person with all these. What what were they? They were um, meerkats. Meerkats on it, right? And they land on the island. And then at night he goes up and he sleeps in the tree and the tiger runs back to the boat and all the meerkats run up into the tree and then all the f- there's this pool in the middle of fresh water and all these dead fish come up to the top because the island, which is shaped like a human, remember, um, that's important for the metaphor they're drawing, um, the island is carnivorous and it eats the fish and turns the water into acid and then that's the island feeds off of the f- the bones of the fish what the fuck don't Come worry the on. guy the guy behind us is going to find out if those li- islands exist yeah. he's going to ask his dad yeah after the movie so. he's like I w- i'm really curious to find out whether or not islands like that really exist no there's no <laughs> islands shaped like people that eat things <laughs> there are no islands there might be an island with a smoke monster on it but there's yes, no that is more believable <laughs> Ugh. this pissed me off yeah. Uh, anyways, next week we'll be seeing Killing Them Softly, starring mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, which is cool because it's like a crime thriller. Hopefully it'll be this year's drive. Um, you can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. Haven't you gotten can, a call in a while. No, we haven't. Call in, people. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds, R-E-E-L underscore nerds. Um, please keep on sending us your picks for favorite movies of the year. Um, like with Cora and Dan, we'll always read whatever you say to us on on air. If you don't want us to, make sure you put that in there too. You know, it's like it's like when you write a letter to Marvel, you got to make sure that you put if you want it on the air or not. Um, but thank you, for everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. I love doing this every week. I love watching Me movies. Too. Um, until next time, bye, bye.